that you. The love of money and the concern about what everything is doing with your money can really go. It can really make you anxious. It can really make you fearful and worried and concerned about life. And the very tempted to not trust God. You're like, I don't see how this is going to happen, God. I don't trust you. You may have to say, all right, I don't trust you, God, because it's kind of like black and like rebellious, but that's where our hearts are in those times where it's difficult. So, you know, I'd like to remember difficult times and financial times. I've been left. Um, left when Katie was in her study house in Arena. She said, not work because it was just too successful. I had to see. Well, yes, here's a child. We're not going to. No, it's not cancer. And then we ended up not being able to have a lot of income. And my one son was not enough to keep the bills being paid on time. So by the end of that year, when I was born, had some time, another child, and then we're still concerned. Even more so about our finances. Uh, I'll get to that later. Um, our financial health would be terrible. And then life would be really bad. We didn't want to hide. We didn't want to give anything because we're like, we don't have it, God. We don't have the money. We can't pay our mortgage on time. So we throw these bills like this and wrap it up. But God was like, just trust me. And that's really hard to do sometimes when you feel like you don't have the money to keep the lights on or to keep the house or to keep the bills or to have loans. Nobody likes all those failing calls, but they do. God blesses people who have to work their jobs, but He has given us what He might like us to have. But in all seriousness, God is waiting for you to give your trusting and your finances. And if that's not your struggle financially, if you don't have problems with your finances, you have a lot of success in your finances. God also wants you to trust you. He doesn't want you to get control of yourself. So like, I'm successful. Lots of dollars in my bank account. Look at all the people I'm helping. You're like, you know, like a celebrity giving millions of dollars to people. And it's like, look at me, I'm going to give all this money. And you're giving no like, credit to God. God doesn't want that either. He wants to entrust him with those. You know, he's the one who gave you that money anyway. So you might as well give it back to him in your trust. And like now, when we're going through a difficult time. I haven't had a job in almost three months. And we've been used to this second income and all that stuff. And it's been really hard. It's been really hard to hope. It's been really hard to like really latch on to what God has for us. And my wife had the had a revelation about hope. She was expecting God to give her hope so she could have it. And she realized that so that she needed to just hope in God, God is love and our confidence and our hope and our salvation to just need to just hope in God and just really give that to him. And when we hope in things that are temporal and in things that we want and all that kind of stuff, are, that's not where God wants us. He wants us to trust him and his, his carnality and his amazingness and his awesomeness. God wants us to hope in Him and to trust in Him. Like I said, the home drive is not feeling difficult, but man, am I learning a lot with my daughter. It's really great. 
walking around like a wilderness spirit, walking, walking through a valley of shadow, walking through a place where it's dark. And I explicitly this study by Dr. Peter U. Ekstrom, and he said that no believer can ever fully avoid the wilderness experience. It's the path we all must travel. It can take the form of depression, a crisis of faith, or one or more traumatic life events all piling up together. And that list is endless throughout your life. If you're not enjoying your time at all, it's the time when you feel alone, deserted, and dying of spiritual thirst in the midst of the devastating spiritual growth. There is not much power in the wilderness experience, but it can bring something with it. We have three other factors. Every believer who gets this touch of heaven. In the wilderness, we are not being punished. If you believe we're not being punished according to Genesis, we are being tested and our faith is being strengthened. Jesus was led into the wilderness. He was not being punished, he was sinless. But the Spirit led him there for his testing and to strengthen him in more ways than he knew what was coming. When we find ourselves in the middle of a spiritual desert, it's difficult to see how anything can get you through it. The most are desperate, alone, scared, and downright hopeless. And we're thinking, how could this happen to me, God? Aren't I a good person? Why am I stuck here in this desert? Why can't I hear you? Aren't I a good person? Don't I do everything I'm supposed to? Why am I here? Spiritual doesn't make, make you lose sight of your faith in God. It might make you doubt everything you've ever learned. And that's the end we want. We want to take a hold of that doubt and that sense of abandonment, that sense of silence. We want to take the fear out of us and we say, let in the emptiness and lies and darkness and dryness. You're going to love it. When I was in school, I started my sophomore year out in college, and it was okay. And then by the end of the first semester, I was okay. I was thinking a lot. I didn't want to be with anyone. I didn't eat very much. I ate a lot of energy, but I didn't eat very many times. Um, I didn't interact well with others. My grades were terrible. I didn't think I was good. I didn't think I could do anything right. I had built up this image of myself so high and mighty in my head. And everything about my first year of college and the summer following dismantled all of that. I wasn't who I thought I was. And I was in a desert. I was in a wilderness looking around, wondering, where's God? I can sing about him, I can read about him, I know about him. I've brought up in church my whole life, I've been a Christian for a while. Where is he? I feel like nothing's here. I don't feel what's inside my head. I want the enemy of time. It was terrible. And it lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. I was just like, alright, I'm here for this much. I got like vitamins, I like, looked at my, like, Eating patterns are really tried to get through it, you know, and I was 
same way, reading up about it and like trying to do the thing and talking to like the of people and all the stuff and stuff. And I just, it just took a long time. It was like a thousand years. I was um, in my dorm building. I was in my, not in my room, but there was like, there's no room to go on there. There's like no like one extra room to go on there. Yeah, 
is so much stronger than these were months, that many months ago, or even the day before. God wants our best to make us his changes. He wants us to be sympathetic and help to the light. He's his oasis. He's his deep water. It's just so cool in the present. Really, really wanted something, but you never got it. I 
Have you ever found yourself so desperately crying out to God for your dreams? Come to it. Does that make you feel like God isn't there for you? Do you feel like He's not listening? Do you keep saying no or wait? And all you want is a yes. Go for it. I know I have.
case right away. And like, you don't get out of the rules for y'all, you can handle it blah, blah, blah. And we're like, all right. I'm rolling out, and I'm going to be in the family or gathering for Thanksgiving for kids. It's very funny, but it's like, Child, and you have one, and then you 